Welcome to Monday's Mitch Podcast. I'm Mitch Newman, and I am determined to provide you with the best of the best state-of-the-heart tools and techniques to support you in redefining, reframing, and reigniting. That's a lot of re's. That flame inside of you that will propel you to your next levels of success. Together, we're going to explore and do a deep dive into really all aspects of conscious leadership and what it really takes to lead oneself and others at this higher level of consciousness with the intention and the outcome of creating maximum impact and contribution in all areas of your life. We will laugh, most definitely cry, the good cry, of course, hopefully, and without a doubt, discover the magic that exists inside of each and every one of you. So, if you're not afraid of the unknown, let's get to it. Hey, everybody, welcome. I am super pumped you're here. I love doing this podcast. I just do. It it just brings me such great joy to be able to share just the things that have happened to me in my life, the things that I've learned from the things that happened to me in my life, the understanding of some of the decisions I made about the things that were happening to me in my life. It's all, it's all been a big, beautiful mess. And inside that becomes the ultimately the message. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're taking some time to invest in yourself a bit around this topic of conscious leadership, what it means to not just really about leading other people. That's a, that's a beautiful thing that I get to do and that a lot of people get to do and a lot of people want to do. But it's really first the understanding of how do I really best lead myself. And the topic today is something that is near and dear to my heart, as honestly, they're all near and dear to my heart. Let's put that on the table. It's just this one touches a nerve for a lot of reasons, and I'll, I'll explain as we go. But this idea that um, that leaders are never bullies. Genuine, highly conscious leaders are never bullies. Now, I've been in the rooms. I've been in situations and circumstances where the person considered to be the leader would intimidate, would scream, would yell, would carry on. And I've watched people shrink in rooms. I've watched people get super quiet and silent in rooms. I've watched people really kind of wallow in their own unresolved past around someone screaming and yelling. I've watched it all. And those kinds of leaders, they don't really work. They just genuinely don't work. They're fear-based. They intimidate people. And what they don't get is the best of people because what happens after a while is people stop opening their mouths. They stop offering up suggestions. They might have the next brilliant idea and they hold on to it because they're anticipating possibly getting yelled at or screamed at or bullied on some level. And I know that term can be overused a lot. Don't get me wrong. And it's also real for a lot of people. But highly conscious leaders, people who really would lead from a higher level of consciousness, uh, they don't lead by intimidation. They don't lead by bullying. They lead by including others into the fold of creativity, of opportunity, of abundance, of contribution, of impact. 
knowing that collectively we can bring something bigger and better to the table. So they know how to inspire people. They genuinely know how to inspire people. Yeah, sometimes there's a a bit of a locker room mentality. Some people need a, or at least some people need a swift kick in the ass. Okay. They need to hear something in a way that maybe they haven't been willing to hear it before. And that might come off a little harsh. That wouldn't be bullying. But when there's genuine fear and intimidation in any kind of a room or any kind of a learning environment or any kind of a team environment, that type of tactic is not sustainable long-term and you lose people. People just go, you know, I don't need this. I'm done. They walk away. Really good people, really smart people, really talented people, people who really can contribute to a higher level just don't want to deal with it. And who can blame them? But leaders are never really bullies. Effective leaders. They're not. And I know for myself, I consider myself a highly conscious leader. I consider for myself just the scope and the range of what that word bully can entail. And quite frankly, as a highly conscious leader, I've had to do work around that. I've had to do work around that for myself, for my family, for my overall well-being. Because I remember back to a time when I was in fifth grade. And there was a seventh grader who didn't particularly care for me, first and foremost, because I was Jewish. And I remember it was a Saturday morning, and I was playing basketball at the elementary school. It was like an open rec morning. And I was playing basketball, and I could see this guy sitting on the stage with his friends, looking over at me making comments to each other, laughing. I could see it all while I was playing. And then at the end of the rec period, the uh, teacher left the room briefly to turn off the main lights that were controlled in another room. And this kid walked up to me and he said, is your name Newman? And I said, yes. He said, are you Jewish? And I said, yes. And the next thing I know, I was on the ground. (laughs) There's a one punch, one punch, and I was down. Now, the good news, I guess, if there's to be some good news in all of that, was the teacher had reemerged into the room and kind of caught the tail end of it and was able to stop it from going any further, although I don't know where else it would have gone. I was already down. And I remember leaving. I remember I was uh, crying, quite frankly. I was in fifth grade, and... I remember my friend that I was with and his mom, they drove me home and I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell my dad. I just remember going up to my room and just closing the door and wanting to forget it. And cut to years and years and years and years later. And there was some other stuff that went on as well in seventh grade. I, you know, more stuff along those lines. But years and years and years go by, and I'm now a dad. And suddenly, at the same time that I was bullied in fifth grade, my daughter started getting bullied as well. And I was having a a huge reaction to it. Huge reaction to it. Triggered. I just wanted to beat up the kid. I wanted to beat up the dad. 
I wanted to beat up the principal. <laughs> I just wanted to beat everybody up. So clearly unresolved stuff from my own childhood was surfacing. I didn't appreciate the way the school was handling it. I didn't appreciate the principal was handling it. I was frustrated. I was watching my daughter be upset and cry and feeling helpless. So I thought to myself, well, I, you know, I, I go by the basic principle and premise that anything that upsets me is about me. So if I'm still triggered about that, what, what do I need to work on inside of me? And in the process, I said, well, you know, I didn't want to do that at first. You know, I was like kind of pushing off. I said, you know what? I'm going to try and find this guy. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find this guy. And I remember going online and I remember going into my Facebook high school class and asking people if they knew because his sister was in our grade, if anybody remember what happened to them or they know where they are and nobody seemed to know. And that's a lot of years. And I, I went through the different social media sites. I Googled. I just, you know, I, I did what I could do in the hopes that I might stumble across him and then was playing in my mind. Like what would I would say? I would reach out to him. I would call him, you know, are you still that, that ass of a human being that you were then? Did you just get worse as you got older? Did you, would you apologize? Would you like what? Like I was running a million scenarios. And once I realized I couldn't find him and I realized I didn't have an outlet for that, I then kind of went back and said, okay, so what is this about for me? And I remember just thinking about it and I go, yeah, like what are the ways in which I bully myself? What are the ways in which I bully myself? What are those voices in my head, voices in all of our heads that from time to time have less than favorable things to say about us that beat us into submission, that prevent us from moving further, faster, prevent us from even moving, quite frankly. And I realized that there were plenty of places throughout time that I had bullied myself. And I worked on it. I forgave myself. I looked at those places. I took ownership, accountability over it. And I ended up writing an article in PositivelyPositive.com called Finding My Bully. Just kind of detailing the story of realizing, in the end, the places where I was ultimately bullying myself. Now, after I had written it and people were responding and loving the article, liking the article, thinking it was interesting, oh, I didn't know that about you, um, I started to think a little bit deeper because I realized that I still wasn't feeling 100%, like there was something else going on for me. And I thought to myself, well, Mitch, <laughs> where in your life have you bullied other people? Where have I bullied other people? And I went back to a scenario when I was 13, um, 15, 15-ish, 15, almost 16, where several friends... Uh, we bullied this kid. We made him feel uncomfortable. We made him feel scared. I, I, and all of a sudden it all flooded back to me. Like I could see his face as if it was yesterday, as if it was this very moment. I could see his face looking at us, scared, petrified, didn't know what to do. 
I don't remember the, the ultimate details of it. I don't know if we were, Hey, give us your money. I don't remember. Could have been that. I don't know, but I just remember the look on his face. And I got really, really sad. And I thought to myself, you know what? I think I'm friends with this kid on Facebook. I think I somehow over the years, one of us friended the other and never talked about anything, but we were friends and we've never spoken and I need to check that out. And so I go on my Facebook account and I look up his name and there he is. So I wrote to him. And I said, just straight up. It's been a lot of years. It's been a lot of years. And I'm remembering at a time when I behaved in a, such a way that made you feel uncomfortable, that put you in a position to feel intimidated and scared. And I, to this day, it's like obviously in my body, I feel horrible about it. And that's not who I am. I'm not that person. I can't explain or justify, you know, my actions in any way, shape or form, but I'm asking for your forgiveness. And I sent it. Not even 10 minutes later, he writes back. He said, Mitch, I really appreciate you writing to me and, sh and sharing this. All is forgiven. You have a beautiful family. And I felt a relief in my body that I had been carrying around for many, many decades, just release out of my body. And I went upstairs and I walked into the room where my wife was sitting and I wanted to tell her and I just went, uh, 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 uh. I couldn't get a word out and I just burst into tears. Now, she's seen me cry before, but she never saw anything like this. I mean, it was a full body cry. Every pore, tears coming from every pore of my body. And she got scared. Are you okay? What, 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 what's going on? And I was finally able to tell her. And I immediately went to a place of just sinking into this, this love, this deeper love inside of my body, this deeper place inside where I was able to tap into who I had become. And I felt so grateful. I felt so a sense of responsibility that I was willing to, to know that I was reaching out to ask somebody to forgive me for something I did so many years ago, not knowing if they would respond, not knowing if they would tell me to go jump off a bridge, not knowing any of it. But I realized in that moment that it was so important for me to ask for forgiveness, that it's not just about the places and spaces inside where I bullied myself over the years, but it was also taking ownership for the people, in this particular case, the person that I had bullied, that I had made to feel uncomfortable, not knowing how that may have impacted him, whether he even remembered it or not, whether it could have altered the, the, the quality of his life because people he thought he could trust, people he thought he knew would treat him better, how that could have impacted the other relationships. And I knew nothing of that. 
except this profound sense of being sorry for my behavior. And so I asked for forgiveness and I got it. And I cried. There's no place for bullies. There's no place for me bullying myself. There's no place for bullying for you to bully yourself. And there's no place. And I ask you to look inside and ask yourself the same question. Where in your life have you potentially bullied other people? Where you have made other people uncomfortable based on your own fears, based on your own doubts, based on your own insecurities. And are you willing to own that? Are you willing to take responsibility and accountability? Are you willing, if possible, to ask for permission? Ask their permission and their forgiveness. Will you allow me that? Will you forgive me for that choice? So when I talk about leaders as bullies, when I talk about and see it in action, I'm reminded of this story. And when I hear people talk to me about wanting to step forward, wanting to lead, but feeling intimidated by the people around them that, that don't always have the nicest things to say. And it makes people quiet. It stops the creative flow and the process because of one person's doubts and insecurities and fears and uncertainties or belief that this is how you lead. I'm here to tell you it's not. When I forgave myself for the times that I've bullied myself in my own life, and when I sought out and asked for forgiveness for somebody that I had bullied so many years ago and got that, something miraculous happened. My daughter came home from school that day. She came in jumping around excited that the teachers and the principal and her and this other girl, they got, they got them all together in a room and they worked it out. They worked it out. Coincidence? I don't think so. An opportunity for growth and healing for my daughter, for this other girl. Who knows, the teachers, the principal, what they could have learned from the experience, from what I've learned in the process of bullying myself, how many people read the article and how many people were touched by it and, and, and realized the places and spaces inside where they've bullied themselves. And for those who might have considered also, just as I had considered, who I might have bullied. Leading from a higher level of consciousness is about inclusion. It's about respect. It's about dignity. And that respect and dignity dignity starts within us so that we can be the best version of ourselves, so that we can inspire other people to do the same thing. I appreciate you taking time and listening in. We'll see you again next time. Hey, so if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so, you know, we can hang out every Monday. You can also follow me on Instagram at Life's a Mitch. And if you feel so inspired, make sure to tag me in your stories. I really appreciate hearing from people who are listening in. So if you have any ideas, any feedback, any questions, don't be shy. Please send them along. Who knows? Something you share or suggest may spark a future episode. So until next week, remember, life's a Mitch and then you thrive. 